Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA. Hey, it's Eric Allen in studio. I hope you're all following the Jets Podcast Network. The EA Podcast here, we got regular contributions from the Matt Backer, Bart Scott, and then my longtime buddy, the cerebral assassin, Chad Pennington. They're going to be providing analysis throughout the year on the EA Podcast, but we're also going to be visiting with people throughout the National Football League and celebrities along the way. Hit me up on my Twitter handle, at Jets with questions and or comments, not only for me, but guys like Bart, Chad, and our many guests along the way. We're really excited about the content we're providing this year. It's week 10 right now. Jets coming back home and facing the L.A. Rams. And we're going to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick, Bryce Petty, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson. But actually this week we started off with Bart and uh, we touched upon the holiday season as November gets underway. And we also went back to Detroit as Bart talked about his upbringing uh, from the tough streets of the Motor City and where he is now. I think you guys are going to like it. It is election day. Bart Scott, did you get out and vote? Did you this vote? Morning? I was there this morning. I'm an absentee voter. I'm in, I'm in Michigan, man. We early. I was one of the first guys out there. Did you, did, did you, did you tweet? Did you take a picture of uh, Instagram? No, or, no you, was I su- supposed to? Yeah, that gets you in jail. Got Justin Timberlake in trouble. A couple weeks ago. Why? What happened with Timberlake? You're not allowed to, to you know, it was a thing. No. They thought he was going to go to jail. And, you know, they didn't press charges or go forward. You, you're not allowed to um, take pictures or Instagram. Oh, um, when you're in the booth? When you're in the booth. Justin Timberlake, one of the Mickey Mouse kids, could have been in jail, man, being somebody's girlfriend. That's well, not a good look for you uh, either, EA. I know you're wiry, but you, it's tough for you to keep I don't want to go to jail. Please don't so I'm glad talk you about me going to jail. I just wanted to make sure you didn't do that because I didn't because they, they'll come after you later, you know, because once it starts floating around, you know, they'll come get you. you Justin know, Timberlake, it was a serious thing. Well, he got off probably because Justin Timberlake's got a lot of friends. Well, because he got off he got off because he did the Trolls um, song. So, you know, the people that was prosecuting kids probably got free movie tickets and a signed CD of the soundtrack. You know, uh, a lot of famous people part of that Mickey Mouse Club. Like Britney Absolutely. Spears was Absolutely. There? It was a thing. It was a thing. Well, I think Christina Aguilera, all of them. Yeah, I remember. A very talented group. Yeah. They, they what do you think up. about Timberlake? I'll tell you what. Well, that guy at, look, is so incredibly talented. He does everything, Look man. at Look at Grande. Yeah. Ariana Grande. She was uh she had red hair. I forgot uh Kate and Alley or Cat or something. You know what I mean? My kids watch it and then now they see her growing up a little bit. You know, you know, there's been some child stars that's made that transition. You know, it's it's a good way to start. It's a, it's a it's a blueprint out there, but you have to be careful because a lot of those kids, you know, lose themselves and kinda go crazy afterwards, man. You know, it's a, you can do a whole two hour show about, you know, uh, child stars. Look at Macaulay Cog. Have you seen him lately? No. He's oh in trouble, God. right? He's one of those guys with the the robots at the end of the your internet story, right? Yeah. Like he, uh, they they click here. He's paid now. I mean, because you talk about his movies are classic. Yeah. He's only made like four of them, but you know they they they're still one of the greatest holiday movies. You know what we should we should probably do? We probably should talk about great holiday movies, man. You know, because it's it's starting to get that time wow. of year. Okay. It's starting to get super festive. No, I, I'm all about the great holiday movies, and you got to start with. Uh, Chevy Chase and um, uh, National Lampoons. What is it? Christmas? Yeah, that, 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 that's definitely a good one. Then you got to go Christmas Story. Uh, okay. That was, that was a good one. But then if you want to get more. It's, it's a wonderful life. If you want to, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, you get the family out and you watch It's a Wonderful Life and have a yeah. couple of uh, tears with Jimmy Stewart. I, th- I, think, I think I'm going to have 
a Christmas party this year. I need to start a new tradition with the kids. You'll have the kids come over and you'll have people come over and exchange a gift and drink some eggnog. Are you, are you an eggnog drinker? I don't really like it. Not really, but if you it's put too heavy. But if, but if you put, you can thin it out with like some some rum or some um, cognac or something. It it thin it out. You know what I like to have a, a drink of in the winter season once it starts getting a little cooler. You want me to guess? Yeah, go ahead. You look like a cider guy. Oh, I would have cider. Cider with a little rum or something. Uh, but uh, I, I don't mind a nice brandy once in a while. Uh, have you had brandy before? Ooh, that's distinguished, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like I need to put on like a velvet smoker drink or something <laughs> if I'm going to drink brandy. And, like, so you usually don't like have that. holiday parties at the place? No, no, no. I, I really don't. Uh, usually, usually I have family members come in and like, you know, that's usually the day where dad comes in with the stepmom or mom comes in with the stepdad. And we kind of do that. You know, they kind of split holidays that way. But, you know, I think I need to start my own tradition here where the kids can look forward to something and have, like, a little social event and kind of get the understanding of what Christmas is all about. It's really, uh, you know, it's, it's supposed to be Jesus' birthday party. You know what I mean? But so so often it's so, commercialized. It's, all, it's, it's a season of giving here. Because what I really like, you know, really to me, my favorite um, holiday, because it doesn't get all distorted with, you know, gifts and the, the, the jolly fat man, it's really Thanksgiving. So we're only a couple weeks away. Yeah, no, because Thanksgiving is all about sitting down with your family, reflecting and being thankful. It's no, 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 no gifts exchange. See, when you throw gifts into it, and then now you you feel pressure. Like, who do you give gifts to? Like, at uh, what, at what I point? am that person. I can't stand it, and then yeah. I get blamed for it all the time. Is that, you know, you're not thoughtful enough. What, I almost think I'm too thoughtful. At what point do you stop? Like. Is it the third cousin? Is it the first cousin? So then you give him something one year, then you don't give it to him the next year. Right. Like, you know, you can't put yourself on a hook for, for the next 10, 15 years buying, like, your cousins or nieces something or the, the, the baby, somebody had a baby, you give them a gift for Christmas one year. Then now they're expecting a gift every year. Yeah. And you, you look up, you can be buying 20, 30 gifts. No. I like gift certificates. I really do. And yeah. people say it's not thoughtful, but to me, it's... You can do anything you want with exactly. it. That's the you know, you that. can go to the store and pick out the sweater you want. That's, or, right. here, here, my nephew, you want a hat, go pick it's, the size you want. Instead of getting what you think is cool for right. them, yeah. you don't know them. You never really know what somebody else is going to want. So you don't want to do that. You don't and wanna... then there are the people who get mad or take, it, but take offense to you being like, oh, I appreciate your gift, but they didn't like the reaction. Yeah, see, and then they take it back, and you, you wait for them to wear the gift, and then they hurt your feelings because you never see it. Or you go back, and, and, and you having a turkey bowl, and they playing in your sweater to keep warm. They treat it like a piece of crap. Like, you know, so, like, you know, I, I'm for the gift certificates, but I'm for, like, you know, for the kids, you know, or my niece and nephews, tell me what you want, and I'll get it. Yeah. If you earn it. You know what I mean? And give it to them that way. That way you can be happy. You know, so that's just my, my little take on it. All right, well, Thanksgiving is a few weeks away. What are the plans for the Bart Scott family right now? Well, listen, we're, we're switching it up. So we're, we're not going to have anybody come from out of town this year. Okay. We're going to keep it more intimate with just us and the kids. And what we're going to do is because I have a game that I have to, you know, last year we had, you know, we got the, we had the bad uh, luck of the draw. Uh, we, we, we got the short straw. We had to go on, I believe, at like four or five. So we got the middle game, which, 
you know, pretty much you got to be there early, so then you really don't get an opportunity, and you end up missing half of the day. I got back like at ten o'clock, Ooh. but we have the early game this this year. I think the twelve o'clock game will be out by four. Who's who's playing? I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's always the Cowboys, and it's always either the Lions. But now they do a third one for the late late game, as usually on NFL Network. Yep. So it's probably the Lions versus somebody, and then the Cowboys is usually the fourth game. So I bet you the Lions are the twelve o'clock game because they always do that to the Lions. They get the Lions like the twelve o'clock game. So, you know, we're going to do that, but we're going to stay in the city. So wife is going to make the dinner oh, the I night like before. That. She's going to make the city because I'm already there. So we stay there. And then next day is Black Friday. But what happens is because we're staying there, I'm going to get a room, hopefully at the Peninsula, um, opposite of the room that we're going to stay in because, you know, we get a discount at the London. So I can get a nice spot at the London and be able to uh, – you know, let the kids run around in a nice, good suite at the London, but then get a room at the Peninsula so the kids can be on Fifth Avenue when the parade comes, so they can see the parade. Oh. So they so, so Thursday morning you go stay in there Thursday, Wednesday night. Right. See, so Thursday morning I'm on the air. Yep. I gotta leave, but they can. You stay have there. Minnesota and Detroit. And, and that's one of those crossover games, I guess, because that's yeah. not a typical CBS right, right, game. Right, right, right. Because really it's usually the NFC that does the Thanksgiving games. It started off as tradition as Dallas and Detroit. Right. So, it's, of course, it has to be a crossover game. Yep. Um, so the kids will be there for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Have they ever done that before? They did it once, but it was bad because we were outside and it was cold. But now they can be they can go they can go out the hotel and, and see if they want to see it personally or they can go back in the hotel and I'm giving them a view from Fifth Avenue so they can watch from their window. So they literally walk. can walk to the window. Do right. they know how good they have it? They don't know. They, my this guy. My, my, my kids, they, they don't even respect dad trying to go on calling in favor like, yo, I need to, okay, I need the, the view so the kids can see. And just think, if you go up high enough, the, the, the float will cross right past your face. You know what I mean? So you get a room like maybe six, seven floor, the float will go right by the kid's face. Oh, my God. They don't understand They can it. reach out and shoot, now, a, shoot a spike and bust it. Now, when you were a kid, did you ever watch the parade? You always watch the parade. That's kind Macy's of what it is. Macy's Day Parade. You, you watch the parade before, before, you, before football starts. And then you go out sometimes in Detroit. A lot of times when growing up, it was snow outside. So you go out, you have your turkey bowl. Yes. So you go out. The you, neighborhood game. Yeah, neighborhood game. You put it. You put on all the layers of clothes because it's snow outside. You go play football. But play. were you the only guy in your neighborhood when you're playing with 20 guys who went on and played in the National Football League? My point is, you're the mad backer. You're the nasty man. I don't want to play against you. I, you know, unless we're playing flag football, but, dude, see, but I was or you're, my, you're on my team, I don't want to play but I, football but I, see, with you. I think, growing up, all my cousins, everybody was older than me. So, like, where I was, I was the little kid that could play with the big kids. So, like, I really didn't intimidate the big kids because, you know, my cousins are six years older than me. So, like, he's 16, I'm 10. You see what I'm saying? So, I was a kid that catch the pass, like, late where, you, you know, they, they slip it on me. And I uh, uh, hit him with a little wiggle and make the catch. You know what I mean? I ain't always been a defensive player. I was a running back, too. So I can get that rock and, you know, we used to play pick them up, mess them up. That's how I developed my skills. So pick them up, mess them up was you throw a ball yeah, yeah, or, or you have to get past people, right? So you got one person. So this is pick them up, mess them up. Well, pick them up, mess them up, something else. But we used to play this other game, right? So you start, it's a cool game. So you, you start at the base. And you have one person, that's it. So he calls somebody out, right? He calls somebody out. If that person gets past him, then the whole group gets to run. Right, so the first person just you and him one on one, and you chase him. If you tag, if you tackle him or you get him, then now he becomes a chaser with you. And what you do is you call people out. 
But what happens is the person that you called out, they get to the touchdown. Then the whole group get the run. So now you got to try and catch one of a bunch of people. Right. So it's like tackle tag, and but you run straight back and forth. And you sit in the middle. And what's, they got to run What's past. the width of the field? One-on-one? -on -one? It depends on what field you're in. Yeah, one, I know. One, we're one, not talking about a football field. We're talking about a park a, somewhere. An some, abandoned lot. An abandoned lot. So, like, so you can think maybe 20, 30 yards wide. You know, it was like, you know, my grandmother's lot was like 20 yards wide. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a good space. So, so talk about why I was a great open field tackler because I played that game growing up all the time. And you start tackling other people. So then now, as a running back, too, now the whole field is out there. You're the only one. It's like maybe two of you guys left. They call you out. You juking like five, six people. Arr, arr, arr. Were Hood. you hurting young guys out there? Hood game. Well, when, when I played, like, I started playing football when I was eight. Yeah. So, I mean, like, all the tackling stuff I did as a kid would probably much be illegal because I used to, we used to had this thing about we said get meat. And meat was to paint off the other person's helmet. And, like, every once in a while you would see somebody cheating. They'll go over there and they'll be hitting their, hitting their uh, helmet against the ground or trying to take somebody else's helmet that's their buddy from a different team. And, and rubbing it off there? All miles was earned 100%. But you guys, so you, uh, you guys suited up when, yeah. you're, when you're doing this. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm just talking about oh, growing up. Like, yeah. you talk about how I was as a kid. Like, yeah. I was a headhunter. Like, when you looked at me, I had streaks from every team, like, laying the wood, night-night. Like, I wouldn't be allowed to play, like, Little League no more. Because, but they didn't call that back in the yeah, day. Yeah, they didn't. That's what I'm saying. That's how the game has changed. You, like, you were trying to not hit the guy so hard that his paint rubs on your helmet, and you can tell. Even in high school, I always had a bunch of meat. Just straight young. And the best way to get meat is off that face mask, because the face mask has kind of got that rubber, so it burns quick, but you get that meat off the top of the helmet, too. But it shows you how far the game has come. You ever take the kids back to... Uh you, used to, uh, I imagine, you still got family in mm -hmm. Detroit, Michigan. Do you ever take them back to the to the old neighborhood where you grew up? Actually, yeah, absolutely. My my family still lives on that block. I still have a lot of family there, um, and you know, I have a picture. They haven't been back in maybe two, three years with me, like going there. They went, their mom took them back, but um, we used to do this thing. Well, last time we went back, I think my son is three now, so he was one. So it was two years ago. Like I took him to take a victory lap. Everyone, every time I go home. Every time I go home, I take a victory lap. Um, so my high school football field is named after me. Yeah, because you donated funds back there. No, right? no, I had, you know, I had nothing to do with funds. They, they, no? they changed it to that before, well, well before, before that. Oh yeah. You know, basically just. Um, just because where you had uh, made it. Yeah, how it became, and you know, I've always been a member of that community. Always came back, so they named the stadium for me because Will Golson goes there, is from there, and Jonathan Hankins is from there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you know, since then, there's been other guys that have made it to the. So, NFL but the victory lap means what? I, I do a victory lap for myself, so I come back. So it's weird. I do the same thing, right? I come back and I go to this mall that I grew up in, and I get an order of nachos and jalapenos, extra cheese. I sit down there and I pe people watch. And I just watch people, and I watch them going through life. And, you know, I see, I love watching, like, the teenagers and the kids. And it puts me in a mindset of that kid can be somebody special. That kid's going to do this. That kid, and everything's available to that kid right now. He can be whatever he wants because I walk through these same hallways, so I people watch. And then what I do is I drive to my old neighborhood um, before I take my victory lap. So my school is Feb uh, on what, Fairview. Street called Fairview, and what I do is I lived in between Charlottesville and Gothi. The school is in between Charlottesville and Gothi, right? So I drive up every street 
So I go, uh, so I make a right, go down, make a left, go to the next street, make a left, go make a right, go down the next street, and I go through this entire neighborhood, then I go back and I come back, and I get out, and it's just me. Nobody else is around. And I did this ever since I was a player, too, every time. And I go back, and I walk around that track, and I reflect on how far I've come and where I've been. And it puts me back, and it always put me back in the mindset to come back wherever I was at, whether I was in Baltimore or I was in New York, to make those people proud in that neighborhood of what I've become and what I represent, because I represent them. I represent hope. I represent um, change. I represent um, the fact that you can dream. I defy the odds, and I hope that I can inspire them to do the same or to believe that they can. And it's weird because in the, in the last couple years, I can look to the left of my school and, you know, everybody can't be a football player. So I look to the left of my school and I see these projects that's right across from my school and I know that Dage Loaf came out of there. So now people that's involved in the arts can say, hey, maybe I can, she's a female that became a rapper. She's only like 26 maybe. Yeah. And man, she came from this mess. And I always had this thing, you know, that, you know, a, a rose, I had this vision in my head and, you know, I gave my, I sold my life story to uh, Warner Brothers. They own the rights to it. And me and my agent always laugh about what should be on the cover. Like no no football picture or something tough or anything like that. But we always had this vision that, you know, if they ever make the movie of a rose growing out of a crack of a broken sidewalk, you know, proving that something beautiful can come from somewhere dark. You know, and, you know, that's like my, my whole dream. Like, they make the movie on the cover or the DVD or whatever. So how do you go about uh, how do you go about selling that to Warner Brothers? Because I think you did that when you were here. Whatever, you yeah, finalized yeah. that when you were here. Oh, but man, how, you just how, remind me. I got to go get I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you just remind me, like, Gay Talese, the guy that remember I had a writer following me around my first couple of years. Right. He, he called, he called, um... My agent, he still has a bunch of personal pictures of my family and stuff of me growing up. I forgot I got to get that from him. He asked me to get them. I well, forgot. what is he doing? He, he was just a person that creative, like, kind of helped write. But you know what movies, you know, hell, they still trying to make the Tupac movie. That, that's been in the working for 13 years. You know what I mean? So you never know. Like, you know, but if they make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. You know, I just keep adding stuff to the movie because the more successful I become, the more pressure. Is, is, your, is the book happening? You know I write. I'd like to write. Oh, see, I haven't. No, I haven't even. I want to write a book. See, I want. Hey, we can get together. I, I think we might have something here. I, w- I want to write. You know, and I already my, know what I want the title. I want. I know what I want the title of my book to be. Just like I know what I, the vision of like the graphic of a rose growing out of a broken sidewalk, right? Around gravel and all that darkness, and I want that to be in black and white, and I want the rose to be in color, kind of like Pleasantville. Um, I want the. I want the name of my book to be. Or my what do you call it biography? Yeah, be, want, bi- biography. Yeah, I want I wanted to be uninvited guests. Uninvited guests. I like that. Uninvited I like guests. that. So we got to talk about that separately. Now, you said the Tupac movie. Um, they've been talking about that for more than a decade. Who's gonna be the actor? Who's they're, gonna they're be already, Tupac? They've already got the actor. He's an unknown, relatively yeah. unknown. You got to do somebody unknown because you don't want somebody to play him that everybody knows. Because you know. The Tupac character, just like playing Superman, that becomes iconic. Yeah. You know, you're trying to do something else. They you're always you going to be known as that. Right. So I forgot the actor that that did it, but, you know, he, he was crazy because he had auditioned for the Tupac movie like 10 years ago, 
and got his nose pierced and all that stuff right. to be Tupac. And then he just did something. You probably can find it in Google or something like that. The ODB movie is coming out, too. I know the guy that played Omar is playing ODB, the Old Dirty Bastard movie. Because what happens is when you make a lot of those movies... Did you meet ODB? He no. came, he's coming, uh, he came in a couple Jets games back No, I never met ODB, yeah. but he's crazy, man. Yeah. Had his real food stamp license on his damn album cover Yo, Al- and, and Al- got in trouble because it was his real... Like, hold on. He'll food stamp? He getting food stamps? He a famous rapper. Oh, man, that was so funny, man. Uh, you, looking back... Anyway. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, 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 y'all. <laughs> looking back, you know, Tupac was just a baby, man. Yeah, people don't realize that because what happens is their icons... Smart. Because we got to so, think... Tremendous we, talent. It was a theology I mean, school. I mean, uh, just think, he was rapping and an actor. He had been in how many movies? He had been in a movie with John Belushi, Jim Belushi, before he died. Yeah, watch that He had one. did uh, Poetic Justice. He did Juice. He did uh, the, the, the movie with Dan Aykroyd, where he was in there when he's part of Digital Underground. All around the world, the same song. <laughs> there you know he goes. You remember that song with Dan Aykroyd? He's yeah. like the judge and, and Demi Moore and um, Chevy Chase, I believe, got broke down or whatever, and they had the Fat Twins. That was a funny movie, too. Yeah. You know, so, like, he had been accomplished and been in so many movies. Like, people sleep on DMX, too. Like, if it wasn't for the for the drug addiction, DMX is the only, you can say Jay-Z all you want, he's the for only actor that his first, I mean, uh, rapper, first four albums went platinum. Yeah. Platinum. And then, let's think about, he was a straight-up Timberland Boots action star. He was in the movie with, he, side by side with Jet Li, Steven Seagal, like, he was that dude, like, how many, how many rappers other than maybe Ice Cube and LL Cool J can say that they've done as many movies as DMX? Now he couldn't stay on on the wagon, and he still you know fights for those demons. But it's been some talented guys, and that, those are those are the guys who I respect. Yeah, because and I tell people all the time, like you like, oh well, who you look up to? I look up to guys like Dr. Dre. I look up to guys like um, The Rock. Uh, Ice Cube, you can say Ice T, because to they're me, transcendent stars. Yeah. Well, they, to, well, to me, anybody can do something special once. Yeah, they did it twice. And when I say do something special once, anybody can be great at one thing, but to transition and become respected at something else. So Dr. Dre, even though Dr. Dre thing is kind of still within the same realm, yeah. it's still in music. I mean, it's worth eight hundred million dollars, but he was a rapper, producer. And lost his business twice, got strong armed by Suge Knight, and came back even stronger. You think about Ice T. Come on, man, he made a song called "F the Police," and now he plays a police officer <laughs> on TV. Yep. And we're talking about a former pimp too. Law and Order. That's and right. Like, and if he, and if he ever, but he he's was, also frequently at Jets games too. Yeah, but he was, he was, a, he was a real. You know, they had a documentary, Pimps yeah. Up, H is Down, yeah. on HBO. And, like, he was, like, in that pimp game for real. Yeah. And it's funny. He, he tell you, like, that he wasn't a rapper, right? He tells how he got in the rap game. And talk about a guy just with, like, because he wasn't a great lyricist. But you talk about a guy who saw a big picture and a guy who bet on himself. So he say he goes into the rap label. Uh, he goes to the, uh, to the, to the music label. And he said he wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to advance. And they're like, who are you? He's like, well, let me hear you spit something. He was like, sir. Because, you know, Ice Cube, Ice-T used to be in, a, uh, in, I think, in the Army. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. So he was like, listen, if I was selling you grenades, do you think I would let you throw one of my grenades? Or 
you're going to have to trust that I got good grenades. So I'm not going to rap for you. You got to believe that I can be, that I can rap. Either you believe or you don't. What is it going to be? And he say, do sign them right there. I mean, that's, I mean, you got to, first of all, you talk about people being thirsty and desperate when they go make deals. That, that's faith. That's, that's, that, that's faith. That's ultimate I mean, faith. I mean, that's showing him like, man, I don't know if he's good or not, man. Right. But he got, he got something different because not a lot of people would have pulled that or even attempted to pull that because the threat of getting thrown out the office. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, then he did New Jack City early in his career, too. So he was acting early, played the cop there. But he made something called Cop Killer. That's something else. I love people that do stuff like that. All right. Uh, quickly, football. Oh, yeah, this isn't football. <laughs> uh, Jets, three and six. Ryan Fitzpatrick has sprained knee. Uh, Todd Bowles said right now he gives us our best chance to win. If Fitz can practice significantly, he will play against the Rams. If not, Bryce Petty will get his first professional start. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, tell me this. Um, you don't want to ruin a, a young player early. We've seen guys get out there too early, confidence suffer because they really don't have a grasp of what's going on. Um, they're not prepared. They're not ready. You know, most teams are in midseason form, so you're asking him to come off the bench cold after never starting against Aaron Donald and, and Robert Quinn, Brocker, all those guys, you know, that D-line that could really get to him early and really hurt his confidence. So you want to put a veteran in that can handle himself and, and, and try and get Petty's development, you know, in the offseason or... Yeah, maybe he starts in a couple weeks. Yeah, we, yeah, start him against somebody that may not hurt him physically. Because Brandon Marshall said, and you were a player, obviously, we talk about it all the time, but from a player's perspective, even at 3-6, and six, you go and you go and you don't look at the 2017 draft. Who cares about that? You right. are a player. Right. And you're going until you're mathematically eliminated exactly. from the postseason. Exactly. If you're a guy in that locker room, you think you can win every game remaining. Why not? You, you talk about the um, Kansas City Chiefs. That one and five out. last year. Yeah, one and five. And then one and 11, 11 in a row. And it advanced all the way and they played – uh, New England lost in the divisional playoffs. So, but Petty does have two years in the system. So, listen, if he's called on to start this week, he's had a lot of time and preparation from coming out of Ballard to that simple spread to get acclimated mm -hmm. with. The, uh, so, uh, Jets fans, as you know, would be very excited to see a young quarterback. Yeah, they want to infuse. Well, I think I think what they should be more excited about is trying to figure out, you know, what the ceiling or development of, of guys like, you know, Anderson, you know, some of the young receivers. I think that's a safer bet to put those young guys in and see what they're capable of doing, you know, because all you can do now is build depth. You know, you know these guys have unique talents, but let's see if they can take the next step, see if they can get the game plan. And, you know, let's let's see if Anunwa can push, you know, Decker to be that number two receiver. Yeah. And then defensively, too, you still want to see continued development out of some of these young guys like Leonard Williams in the yeah. second season. He's got six sacks already this year. He's been a stalwart up front. You want to see guys continue to develop in the secondary. Marcus Williams is going to be out. He's got, um, what is he, uh, I, I believe it's a high ankle sprain, actually. Right, yeah. So yeah. he should be out for I've a few weeks. A weeks yeah. So you might see Daryl Roberts on the outside. So uh, you, you guys are surprised you, man. I was one of those guys. You know, Ray got hurt. Right. I've been in the program, but nobody has seen me do it, you know, live bullets. You right. Know, my first start was on, on um, Halloween Day, Monday night football against the Steelers. Talk about having your first start. 
and Ray Lewis not being there and Pittsburgh being known as a physical run team, you know, I just, you know, put up a sack, you know, forced fumble, 13 tackles, you know. You had monster numbers the year that Ray uh, did play. Hey, man, listen, I was hungry. I was sitting in the wing, so that's what I'm saying. So all the fans, you never know what somebody can do unless they get the opportunity. Yeah. You think about James Harrison getting his first start because Joey Porter got in a pre, pre, pre-game fight, and they discovered James Harrison was a gamer. Because some guys you put in there and they, and they, and they, they, they shrink up or they, they, they play small. You get some guys in there, man, they like, oh, like, it's like the floodgates open, and, and you can't deny it. You look on the film like, what the hell? We can never harness all this energy, all this passion. You know, God playing like he's going for broke. Because that's the thing here. There are seven games remaining, and organizationally, whether you make the playoffs or not, uh, people on the outside will say, oh, you got nothing to play for. You're not making the playoffs again for a sixth consecutive season, where that's the truth is you want to find a Bart Scott. Can Bart Scott play? and eventually play inside linebacker for us because that's going to help you in 2017 in yep. and beyond. Because what happened is when, I, when, I, when they figured out I was a player, they, they said, you know what, we don't have to re-sign Tommy Polly because when Ray come back, he got a killer next to him, and we don't have to pay him, so now we can go out and spend money elsewhere. We don't have to pay money for this veteran to be here and get a big contract. We can use BART, and that gives us a couple, you know, couple free years to address some other issues before we have to address his. All right. So the last point I want to get to today is uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson mm-hmm. were benched uh, or were not in the lineup in the first quarter against the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles said, coach's decision. Pressed on it, coach's decision. He said, I'll talk about football. I'll talk about injuries. But some things we handle in-house. Mm-hmm. My point is, and there's a lot of various reports out there, and there are great reporters out there in the world, there are a lot of things that happen inside these doors that nobody knows about. And and there's a lot of stories that are in here that never get out, and people will be surprised by them. Can you just talk about that a little bit on all the things that go on Mm -hmm. internally? Well, we call it the CIA. We have to police ourselves. And listen, you don't go out and report. People don't go out and report everything that happens in their industries, right? So a law firm don't say, okay, so-and-so showed up late. He's having problems with his wife or, you know, he's, you know, this or that. Or he, he, you know, he went off and he went stormed in the office of the boss and almost got in a fight. Nobody says any of that stuff. So why do you think that a football organization to, to, you know, air out their dirty laundry and tell you everything that's going on? Listen, we have a, a structure here. You know, guys are held accountable, held to a higher standard than most people are in society. Um, and some things you just have to handle because you're dealing with young men that you have to develop. You're dealing with young men that are early in the process of trying to be a professional. And sometimes you have to take the ball away from them to let them understand that, listen, everybody is held accountable. It's not just, you know, it's not different rules for, for this player to this player. You know, we need you to be you know, accountable. You need to be a professional because it's going to help you not only in football, but it's going to help you as you transition off to learn what a pros is. And, it, and you have to have a strong locker room. And, you know, it's disappointing that a guy like Sheldon Richardson and, and Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, are the examples when they should be, you know, they should be the one that's setting the standard, you know, for the younger players. And, yeah, this is, that just lets you know that they have some more uh, maturing to do in their process. You know, I would be more shocked if, if it was a guy like David Harris or a guy like that or, or Nick Mangle that, that had these indiscretions. But, you know, these are guys that are borderline young guys. They're in the middle of their career or Muhammad's in the middle of his career transitioning. You know, but he just got a huge contract and too much is given, much is expected.
Yeah, and that's the thing. There's 53 young men in a locker room. And I'm not even specifically talking about Mo, Sheldon, Dave, Fitzpatrick, any of them. The point is there's a lot of things going on down there that nobody knows about. So you hear about various reports and things like that. I know this. Todd Bowles was a player himself. Yeah, he, he played it. eight years in the National mm -hmm. Football League. He won a Super Bowl title. He was an assistant coach of the year with the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals made the playoffs not because of that great offense the one year, but what he was doing defensively. Mm -hmm. He's learned from legends in uh, Joe Gibbs and Bruce Bill Parcells and Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to deal with these young guys. Yeah. And exactly, I mean, because he's not too far removed. He's not an older guy. He's not out of touch with what's going on. And um, I think the public embarrassment that, you know, the two players had, not only for themselves but for their family, you know, is sending a strong message that, you know, we don't put anything above our standard or whatever our, whatever our uh, mission statement is. You know, nobody's above that. And I, I think that sends a powerful message because if he'll do that to them, if I'm a player that's maybe not as high-ranking as them, that could mean I lose my job where it's not just sitting down for a full quarter. It could be, you know, pack your bags. Here's a Greyhound ticket. Any interest in uh, Pacquiao Mayweather, too? Because none for I have, me. I have zero. I'm, How about Floyd showing up the other night at ringside? Of course he's going to show up because that's what he does. He's, he's planting seeds. He's trying I will to watch the replay. Time. I have no interest yeah, in that. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I wouldn't even watch. I wouldn't even pay pay-per-view to watch it. No, I no, agree. Not at all. Unless you invite me over and you're having one of your house parties. I wouldn't want you to fall asleep. That's Bart Scott. That's the EA Podcast Live. Wow.